0: Episode 1 of A Cat's Eye View, a Philly Sports podcast. Um, this has been really stressful so far, actually. I had to restart after recording 35 minutes because my PC decided to crash. And I really appreciate it for that. I mean, um, it couldn't have just not crashed, I guess. But uh, we're back now. I had a few sips of coffee and I am no longer angry. So we'll be fine. It'll be okay this time. I have a backup. And now I have learned to use a backup most of the time. So, yay! Yay for me! Learning new things! Jalen Hurts would be so proud if he heard me say that. You're welcome, Jalen Hurts. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, that Super Bowl performance, he almost had a perfect game. If it weren't for that fumble, it would have been a perfect game. I would have nothing bad to say about that game, because we would have won. We would have won. You can't really pinpoint it on anything, but uh, if those six points hadn't been given up, we would have won by three. Actually, it probably would have tied, because Pat Mahomes would have thrown for a touchdown instead of field goal. Um, but, you know, what can you really say about it at this point? It's already over. Uh, the Eagles lost. If you didn't know, if you've been living under a rock, the Eagles did lose the Super Bowl by three points. Very upsetting. Very upsetting for all Phillies sports fans. Philly sports fans. Oopsie. My bad. Phillies fans too, I guess, because we also lost the World Series, if you were unaware. So that's uh, 0 for 3 because there's also the MLS Cup Final. However, I think it's going to lead up to something big. Maybe this is my uh, wishful thinking but maybe maybe the Sixers make a miracle run despite Doc Rivers despite all of the things that could go wrong and that have gone wrong in the past I think that will make a miracle run to the finals and I will have my own parade if we even make it there I don't care I don't care what happens after that nothing can take the joy away of getting out of the second round. I have been a Philly sports fan for a year. I've been a Sixers fan for a year and a half. Um, and you know, I've never been more excited in my life. I've never been more happy. I think every Philly sports team right now has a great future. And that's been overlooked by all the losses. And I get it. Because it hurts. No pun intended. It hurts to lose and no, nobody wants to lose in the Super Bowl or the World Series or the MLS Cup Final or the second round. Everybody wants to win. So it's kind of hard to look at the positive right after you lose. Except for the Phillies for some reason. That was really different because it was a Cinderella story and we ended an undefeated streak up until that no-hitter, which was brutal and it killed me. However... That Phillies playoff run was the coolest thing I've ever witnessed, and I'm so glad I watched that. I'm so glad I got into sports at the time I did, because I think if I didn't watch that Phillies run, I wouldn't have watched the Eagles playoff run, or even the regular season. I was so hopeful after that uh, little Cinderella story that I kept watching another thing I owe to the Sixers. As mad as I am with them right now, they did get me into sports. If I hadn't gone to that, um, November 2021 Bucks versus Sixers and beat out game, I never would have became a sports fan. I never would have started watching. You know, I only watched a few games before I actually went to one. It was when we still had Simmons. Um, it was, I, I think it was right after we drafted I watched my first game and I was like oh we're so good we're gonna win the finals I didn't know what the finals were but you know what I mean um I don't know I started playing basketball after that that was cool I need to stop talking about me anyway trade deadline (laughs) that was awful it was brutal I was getting fitted for a dress for my prom dress, actually, while that was happening, I was looking over at my mom. I was like, Daryl Moore is going to cook something up. He's going to cook something up. He's going to get us Jared Vanderbilt. He's going to get us Vandy. He's going to get us, uh, I don't know. He's going to get us some backup defensive big. I was wrong. I was, I was wrong. I, I take full responsibility for that because I was so convinced that we could get Vanderbilt or at least somebody who could defend that's a better backup center than Montrezl Harrell. This he's good th- he's good offensively. I'll give him that. Montres Harrell is a good backup offensive center. What he's not he's not he's not a defensive uh plus. He's not he's not ever going to be. He has like point six blocks per game or something like that. But the thing is he's just not a rim protector. And you can't put out Embiid who's both great defensively and offensively, and then put out Montres Harrell, who's only good at one. And it's the less important of the two. Because you really need a good rim-protecting big. That's, okay, that's my hot take of the day. You need a good rim-protecting big. It doesn't matter if it's, like, powerful or whatever. You need someone that's going to be able to block that shot. You need someone that's going to be able to... <laughs> <laughs> That's the shot at the rim. That's what you need. Any good team has that. If you look at history, almost every team does. Your best center, your well, your best player does not have to be a center. In fact, most of the time it's not. It's Usually a guard. Or if you're LeBron, a forward. LeBron can pay. Okay, LeBron can play any position on the court. I'm 100% certain of that. He does not have to be a small forward, or whatever the hell he's playing for the Lakers right now. He could play, he could play shooting guard, and I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. it's so why not? You can put him anywhere on the court, and it works. What was I saying? <laughs> anyway, your best player does not necessarily have to be a center, and it probably shouldn't be. It probably should be the main playmaker, point guard. You look at you look at some of these championship teams, and it's usually a guard. Um, Steph Curry. God, I forgot about Kobe and Michael Jordan. Leave me alone. <laughs> I have to think. I have to think. Okay, maybe it's not usually a guard. I lied, but you get my point. It should be somebody who can, uh, who can be a good playmaker, but you always have to have that rim protecting big, and. With Montrezl Harrell on the court, if you're not going to put Bebop Hall or something out there, I'm a Bebop Hall defender for life. That you, it just doesn't work because everybody's going to be able to get to the rim. I think it's like 75% or something like that. It's something ridiculous like that uh, when being contested by Montrezl Harrell. It's something ridiculous, and I know that for sure. But it's just not – it just doesn't work. Because he's not as good offensively as he is bad defensively. It's just a huge mismatch. It's why having Jokic works. Because he's amazing offensively, and it kind of nulls that defensive liability. I don't know how good they are in defensive rating. I should probably look that up. Hold on. Let me look that up. Denver. Denver. I spelled Denver wrong. Denver Nuggets defensive rating. Defensive efficiency. How should I? Hmm. NBA team defensive efficiency. Philadelphia, number seven. All right. Okay. Denver, 14. I mean, it's all right nothing crazy, but it still works because they have a center that's that good offensively. Montrezl Harold is not Nikola Jokic. I will give Jokic his flowers. I will do it. I will give him the respect that he deserves because he earned it. But we need somebody else backing us up. And that's the point I was trying to make with that. I don't know if it came across. Anyway, back to the trade deadline. That Lakers trade was crazy. They cooked like they've never cooked before. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they suddenly became a... a, Oh my God. Playing team. Out of nowhere. They're the 13th seed right now. They won. LeBron didn't even have 30 points. They won a game where LeBron didn't have to go crazy. That's, That's like new for them. Lakers have been... Kind of trash since that twenty twenty bubble championship. I think it's because they traded away all their young players in search of um, a more uh, quick championship run, which almost never works out. There's been so many failed experiments where they try to have a championship season right now, and it it doesn't work. You look at the you look at the Brooklyn Nets, and you can argue it's because. Kyrie, Harden, Kevin Durant never played that many games together, and yeah, I would say you're right, but the thing is, it's because they're all old, they're all injury prone, they're all old, the whole championship now thing doesn't work, because if you're signing all these old players together, they're gonna get hurt, and they're not gonna share the court, that's why (laughs) these, these things don't work. Russell Westbrook, uh, love the guy, not really, (laughs) but I respect him, I respect the guy, he has been pummeled with hate. And, you know, 2017, stuff like that, he was great. But he's older now. He's an older player. Of course he's not going to be as good. I don't know why people think that, Oh, yeah, we got Russ. Oh, my God, we're a championship team. No, it's not going to work out like that. I don't know. It's it's crazy. And the Sixers have been blowing leads left and right. That was such a smooth transition, man. (laughs) Anyway, Sixers have been blowing leads left and right. Um, It's becoming like normal. Uh, Third quarter has been a huge, huge setback for the Sixers. It's like uh, the minute we go up, the effort comes crashing down. We think that we're going to win automatically, and... It's just getting really annoying to watch. I mean, we still win most of the time, but we had a 28-point lead against the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers right before a half. And we won by six points. That should not happen. I don't care what team you're on. I don't care who is coaching you. You cannot let them cook like that. You cannot let Donovan Mitchell make all those shots out of nowhere. They almost ran away with that game. And that would have been really embarrassing. And that's what worries me about the Sixers. I think that the effort just gets really lazy sometime around the beginning of the second half. And maybe they keep him beat out for too long. Or maybe they just don't care enough to get rebounds but something has to change because in the playoffs, that's not gonna work. You can't blow leads like that every other game because eventually you're not gonna get that lead back and you're gonna just lose. You can't let that happen. I do not want another second round exit as much as I can foresee it. (sighs) Another, okay, a big thing in getting that lead back though It's James Harden. And I want to give him his flowers, too, because he got snubbed from that All-Star game. And I know it's old news, but I need to speak on it. Okay. James Harden. 21.4 points per game. 10.8 assists. 6.2 rebounds. I'm saying this off the top of my head. I have no idea if this is true, but I think it is. I don't know how Drew Holiday gets in there instead of him. And you can... Okay. Drew Holiday... Has been having a great season. He... I, I will always appreciate him because of of the process era. The original process uh, trade. But... Uh, James Harden 100% deserved that spot. And it's, it shouldn't even be debatable. If you have a guy at 32 coming off of an injury, uh, getting traded and then cooking for the next for the next season, he deserves that all star spot. It's crazy that he hasn't gotten it. It's crazy that Embiid isn't a starter. Or wasn't a starter until Kevin Durant got injured. I digress. I hope Embiid does not play for the all star game. I hope he sits it out. Cause if you're averaging uh thirty two point eight i want to say points per game hold on let me let me let me check it 12 and be what oh 33.1 i'm sorry I, I lied 33.1 points per game how are you not a starter you're the second in score you're the second in scoring leader fourth in the mvp race i don't understand how you're not a starter i I again, I will give Kevin Durant his respect, and he'll do great in Phoenix. But really, over, over the second in the scoring t- the title. No, I'm sorry. It just, it just doesn't work like that. Also, I am very happy for Laurie Markkinen. I'm so excited that he's an All Star. Same with the Aaron Fox. Darren Fox deserved that spot. Darren Fox and the Monte Sabonis have been cooking out there in Sacramento. They've been doing so good. And it's been overlooked. I think they're like six in the West right now. Hold on. Western. I spelt that wrong. Western Conference Standings NBA. They're third. I lied. They're third. They're third. Third in the West, nobody saw this coming. I didn't see a single prediction that said, "Oh, the Kings are going to be third in the West." We're halfway through the season. No, nobody said that. But they've been out there cooking like crazy, and it's been working. It's that stupid beam. That that stupid beam has been giving them superpowers or something. I don't know, but it's been they've been going crazy out there. And you know, I respect it. I'm glad they got into the All Star game. Same with um, Anthony Edwards. I don't even know how good the, the the Timberwolves are. The six over six seed. So, you know, he's been he's been doing his thing out there. I remember they were a playing team earlier in the season. You know, that Gobert Gobert and Cat just didn't work out that well, and it's still not working out that well. And I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. But, you know. And has been carrying the team really well. Especially for being like 20, 20, 22 years old, I think. Yeah. It's crazy. It's his third year in the league and he's averaging, what, 20-something points. I, I love looking stuff up. This is my favorite thing to do. I love looking up stats. He's averaging 26 points per game. Two blocks. Wait. No. they gave me the wrong Anthony I was like wait a minute that is not the right one 24.7 24.7 it's almost the same as 26 I'm gonna have to cut that part out uh 1.6 steals uh okay but I'm glad he got it I think he should have gotten it last year he was averaging like what, twenty-one points per game. Second year in the NBA, he was doing really good, and he got snubbed. But it's fine. He sat out for the Rising Star Game or whatever it was. I'm I'm glad for him. I don't know. Maybe it was a good idea. Cause he got his flowers this year, even if it was injury reserve. Tyrese Maxey didn't get anything, bro. I'm I'm washed. I'm the number one Maxi supporter, and he, he didn't get any flowers. He was injured, though. Speaking of injured, that three-point contest is so stupid. Because Anthony Simons got injured, and instead of having Isaiah Joe, who's shooting 45.8% from three, they bring in Julius Randle, who's, shoot, who's shooting 33-something percent. What? How do you what? What goes through your mind to put Julius Randle as an injury replacement for a three point shot contest? It it should so obviously be Isaiah Joe. And in my biased opinion, Tyrese Maxey. But that's for another day. Anyway, I'm still on that Isaiah Joe. Uh, what's what's it called? Uh, <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> oh my god, no, no, what's the word, what's the word, what's the word? Uh, okay, you know what I mean, I'm still hyping up Isaiah Joe, I will always be there to, to hype him up, to probably make him look better than he is, but I'm still mad about, about last, uh, off season. I'm still mad that we gave him up. I was talking about it with my dad the day it happened. He was like, why would we give up Isaiah Joe? He's a sharpshooter. And I thought the same thing at the time. But after seeing after seeing him in OKC, it just amplifies it more. I'm really mad that we gave him up for Dwayne Deadman, Which let me start talking about that. I already did. I'm going to talk about it again. We gave up Isaiah Joe for Dwayne Deadman. and I get it. You gotta get a backup center, but keep Bassie. I don't know. He's good defensively. He's been balling out for the Spurs. Apparently, he got like twenty-one rebounds or eighteen rebounds or something off the bench. I don't know. I forget. It was so long ago. But he's been doing that consistently. Oh my god! I just like bent my nails. <laughs> I was so mad while making a point all right let's look it up Charles Bassie stats okay maybe I lied but he played against the Hornets yesterday he had 11 rebounds in 14 minutes how crazy is that his field goal is awful Yesterday, his field goal percentage was awful yesterday. Two for ten. But he got two blocks. And he got three assists. You know, I don't care. I don't care if it's a good offensive pick. I really could care less. We have good shooters. We have, like, Tyrese Maxey. We got James Harden. We got uh, Shake coming off the bench. We got Niang. We have shooters. I don't care if we have an offensive center. We have Joel Embiid for that. We don't need another one. We need a good defensive center. Because we need someone who's going to be able to contest shots at the rim. And that's just not Manja's Harold. It doesn't work out like that. I went on a whole rant about this earlier. But whatever. I'm still mad about it. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get away from the NBA. This is just making me mad. Philly spring training is starting soon, and I'm really excited. I am so excited to see Trey Turner. A lot of people have been talking about uh, who's going to hit the first home run. I want to get my two cents on this, and I'm extremely biased, and take this with a grain of salt. I think it's going to be Kyle Schwarber. This is actually not just bias because he is our best home run hitter. For the beginning of the season, at least. And I 100% think he's going to hit the first home run. In the first game of the season, center field. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty confident in my answer. I've seen a few different ones. I've seen Stott passed around. And I support the Stott agenda. I support it. I love love Bryson Stott. (laughs) But I don't think he's going to hit the first home run. Of the season I think that's a little far-fetched for the stat agenda and I understand it yet I may have to eat my words if he does but I it's the only logical choice is Kyle Schwimmer or Trey Turner who I am very excited to see I don't know anything about Trey Turner I am NOT a baseball um, super fan as I am the NBA But I do know he's pretty good. He was apparently the best shortstop of 2023 rankings. I don't know. I barely pay attention. But I'm glad we have him. And I'm glad he and Harper are reunited. Okay, that's enough MLB talk. I don't know anything about baseball. You guys are going to have to tell me if I'm wrong or not. Or anything like that. Because I don't know anything. Back to the Eagles, because I want to be sad again. Uh, it's time to talk about off season. We already lost the Super Bowl, so we got to talk about who's staying and who's leaving. James Bradbury, he's gone. So sad. I'm going to miss him. I like Bradbury, but we just don't have the cap space for him. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to sign a big extension, but last I checked, that was uh, 2024, so I think we have a little bit of time, I think that's next off season, if I am correct, and I'm not gonna look it up this time, I'm just gonna let myself get cooked on the internet if I'm wrong, uh, but anyway, I think our main priority would be to re-sign CJ Gardner-Johnson, because he showed up big in the Super Bowl, uh, he did get fined for that one tackle, which I am extremely confused about. It reminded me of Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins. God, I can't talk. Every time I go to record, this is just so sad. Anyway, I think our main priority should be to re-sign CJ. I don't know a lot about the NFL. Again, I did only start listening this, listening, watching this year. But that's the beauty of this podcast is because I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm really glad that we fired Gannon. Oh, my God. I thank thank God every single day that he is not here. He completely sold for us in the playoffs. Not the playoffs, the Super Bowl, because we did play some pretty good defense in that NFC Championship game. But I had a lot of doubts about Gannon. Even going into the playoffs, before the playoffs, I just, I feel like, if you have that good of a team around you to, to coach or to coordinate, sorry, my bad, um, you're going to look like you're doing good. And I think that the fact that a lot of people could tell that he was a fraud, uh, it just makes it obvious how bad he was. Sorry, had to pick something up. Uh, good, good luck to him in Arizona. I have nothing against him except for everything, but it's Arizona's, you know, you know, uh, I don't know how to feel about that one, but I do really like our QB coach coming up and being promoted, uh, because of how well he was able to develop Jalen Hurts, I, Jalen Hurts' development was crazy, that was like unprecedented. Nobody thought that was going to happen, and having the guy that probably did most of that become our offensive coordinator is a huge deal, and I'm actually really happy about it. A lot of people are kind of iffy on it because they're saying that he's a nobody, which I kind of get because you don't know much about him. You want to know that he's a good offensive coordinator before you actually sign this guy And I guess you kind of want somebody who's been in the field for longer. That's why, I think that's a huge reason of why Andy Reid is so good. Because he did nothing, he didn't win, okay, I don't want to say he did nothing, but he didn't win us any Super Bowls. But once he got way more experienced, he goes to the Chiefs. And he wins them too. Alright. That's why I think we have a bright future again. Because now Nick Sirianni is more experienced, he's been to a Super Bowl, I think we're going to do maybe as good next year. I think a lot of people are being really overdramatic with the whole this is our year, this is the only time we could get it done thing. Because I get it, a lot of these people were on one-year deals and a lot of them are going to be really hard to resign because they're going to want a lot of money. But the thing is, you're not going to need all these people if you have a good defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. You just don't need this big of a defensive powerhouse. Ugh. That was a lot of talking. My throat hurts so bad. You guys don't know how painful podcasts are. Anyway! Give me two seconds. I don't know how people can talk for this long. I don't know. Anyway, back to the NBA. Let's look at the Sixers games over the past two weeks. I'm going to look them up because there are a lot of concerns I have with the Sixers right now, and I really don't want them to be second-rounded again. (laughs) That would kill me. Dude, if we got second-rounded again, I wouldn't be surprised, like, at all. Ah. man. I hate all star break. It's so annoying. <laughs> Sorry, but I'd much rather just see the Sixers play like starting off. Um, what was it? One in four? Yeah. One in five, actually. That was embarrassing. I think we've gotten a lot better since then, especially, like, effort-wise, but, dude, we need- we definitely need, uh, some improvements in the coaching aspect. I really hope Doc can start making some adjustments, because it's been really hard going into the second half of the game when the other team is making adjustments to fit our defense, and we're- not picking up on that, and we're not changing anything. I think that's been really a struggle for the Sixers. I think keeping and being on the court has been a huge struggle. But we've won all of our last four. Uh, We don't have to talk about the two before that. They don't count. It's not real. Anyway, we've won all of our last four. The Brooklyn Nets game concerned me. Um... I I don't think we should have won that game. I think there was a lot of holes in our offense and defense that game. Let's look at the box score for that. Tobias Harris had three points. That can't be right. Joel Embiid had uh, 37. Tyrese Maxey had 12. Harden had... Uh, twenty nine, six and six, but you, you cannot have three points in a game. I don't know how we won. I know Dinwiddie didn't get that shot up in time, and that was a miracle. Oh God, that was like a savior for us. We would not have won that game if we went into overtime. Let's be for real here. What's our record in overtime this this season? Let's let's take a little look. See. Uh when's the last time we were in overtime? It was against the Lakers, wasn't it? Uh okay, it does not say overtime on here. I'm gonna have to look somewhere else. Okay. <sighs> I know we do pretty well at overtime. Yeah, okay. Los Angeles Lakers 133, the one twenty two win. Um Oh, yeah, we lost to the Rockets in double overtime, which was embarrassing. I did not like that. 132 to 123. (laughs) Uh, We won against Toronto in overtime, 104 to 101. We won against the Pacers in overtime. That should not have gone to overtime. 129 to 126. Uh, I feel like we just went to overtime again recently, but apparently not. But yeah, we have a three to one record in overtime, which which is a, it's all right. But if you're ahead in a game, you should not be going to overtime. That Lakers game pissed me off. I it was such a hard watch. I feel like any game that the Sixers. Play is a hard watch. I was going to add to that, but you know, it's actually good enough just how it is. Any any Sixers game is a hard watch because if you're up by 30 at half, you know you're going to lose by three, and it's going to be awful, and the last shot is going to be a Tobias Harris corner three, and it's, I feel like there's just never any plans. It's always give the ball to Embiid or wing it, and I hate both of those plans. I don't know, I need to, I think I need to see that, like, I need to see the Sixers playbook. Like, I need to bring, like, a sharpie with me, or a red pen or something like that, and I need to start circling things and saying, do this, because it's not being done. Oh, I digress. There's just so many flaws in the Sixers offense. You know who's been cooking? Okay, I can't believe I didn't bring this up yet. Paolo Bencaro. Rookie of the year, hundred uh, percent. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some um, awards for the end of the year. MVP, Joel, Hans, and Embiid. I don't care. It's him. It's it's his year. I'm gonna say it once and I'll say it again. It's Joel's year for the MVP, and I really hope. I really really hope that he gets it this year. He's deserving of it. He's deserved it for the past three years, I would argue. And it kind of just sucks that he's been uh, he's been robbed of it so many times. I mean, I don't know how you're the scoring title and you don't win MVP. Or even, uh, bah, starting the All-Star Game! Uh, what's next? Most Improved? Hmm. I don't know who's going to win Most Improved. I haven't paid attention to that one. Hold on. Let's, let's check. Let's do a little look-see here. Most Improved. Player. I, I spelled player wrong. Player. Odds. Betting odds. Vegas Insider. Thank you, Vegas. Uh Shay is a good one. Oh, I forgot about Laurie. I was just giving him his... Okay. I was just giving him his flowers. And I completely forgot about him for most improved. I really hope it's Laurie Markkinen. He's been cooking with the Jazz. Oh my god. The beginning of the season stretch that they had was insane. I wish they kept it up. But, like, Laurie Markkinen being an all-star starter... I Starter, yeah. He's a Starter. Good for him. I'm excited for him. I have been excited for him since he got traded to the Jazz. To the Jazz. Oh my God, girl, I cannot speak. And I really hope he wins it. But I would not be surprised if uh, Shea Gilders Alexander won it. I'm I'm fine with it either way. Uh, what's next? Defensive Player of the Year. I have to really think about this one. You know, I haven't really been thinking about, um, awards as much. So, this is, like, the last thing on my mind. Hmm. Only word I've been thinking about is MVP. Because I want Joel to win. But Defensive Player of the Year. Let's look at the odds. God, I love looking at the odds. Chief. Defensive player of the year, NBA odds. Vegas Insider. Thank you so much, Vegas. Jaron Jackson. Oh my god, how did I forget? Jaron Jackson Jr. Everyone's been saying that. Literally every single person has been saying Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know how I forgot. I, I I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not big on the Grizzlies right now, though. Ever since, uh, ever since all of these Dylan Brooke tweets have been popping out, I've just been kind of looking down on them. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about them. I know a lot of people love Ja. A lot of people hate Ja. <laughs> I don't know. It's a toss-up, I think. But a lot of people have Jaron Jackson as the obvious defensive player of the year. Uh... I don't know. I feel like that's one that's been falling out of favor for the fans recently, Defensive Player of the Year. Last year it was Marcus Smart. I know I know a lot of people didn't agree with that one. What's the new one? Clutch Player of the Year? I think that's so weird. award. But, whatever. I, it's not up to me. Clutch Player of the Year. Stay tuned for odds. Okay. There's there's no odds. Dame, Dame. Yeah, that makes sense. Dame. Dame makes a lot of sense. Luca. Luca makes so much sense for that. Dude, I completely forgot about that one shot where he freaked out that he made it. Did they win that? They won that game. Yeah. I kind of wish they kept, uh... They kept Inwitty and Dory and Finney-Smith. But at the same time, Luca had no one around him. But it's gonna take a lot of, uh... Practice for him and Kyrie to get this, uh... uh, Oh my god. This chemistry going. My bad. Completely forgot what I was gonna say there. I think they haven't really found their, their rhythm yet. But... Kyrie's also a point guard. It might take a little bit of time. Kyrie's going to have to adjust to that role where he realizes that he's not going to have to depend on just himself. And same with Luka. I mean, Kyrie was in a situation where he... Kevin Durant was out all the time. James Harden got traded last year. He was stuck with Ben Simmons for the majority of this year. And um, as much as I am not a Ben Simmons hater, I have to admit that he... Is often very nervous to shoot the ball, and some might even say he has no jump shot. <laughs> so it's been on Kyrie for most of the season to make those shots and to uh, make those threes, and he finally has someone that uh, that can actually do that. And I think it's been an adjustment for him, and it's going to be one that's uh, going to take a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a long time to finally. Work out. And I think it will work out. Uh, maybe not by playoff time. But there's always next season. I don't know. It's definitely going to be an adjustment for Luca, too. Because as good as uh, uh, Spencer did when he was, he's not Kyrie. You can't. Okay. This is going to sound so mean. And I really. I really do respect Spencer Dinwiddie as a player. But if you're Luka Doncic, who are you going to trust more with the ball? Yourself or Spencer Dinwiddie? It's an obvious answer. You're going to trust yourself to make that last second shot because you know you've made it before. You know you can make it. You know you probably will make it. So he doesn't have that trust. Well, okay. He doesn't know whether he should shoot the ball or whether he should put it in Kyrie's hands yet. And that's another adjustment that's going to have to be made. Uh, But I think it'll eventually happen, and eventually it'll work out really well, and Kyrie's going to play shooting guard or something like that, and it's going to be fine. Uh, Luka was still averaging. like How many assists did he average? Let's check. Let's, let's do a little look-see. Try to Luka Doncic. He's averaging eight assists. Yeah. He's doing pretty good. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking up the news. He has been averaging eight assists with a bunch of role players. Imagine what happens when he has another all-star caliber player right next to him. That's all I want to say about Luka to the Mavs situation. Uh, Yeah, it's not going to work out maybe this season, but next season it'll be a powerhouse. If they can build around them, that is. Which I do not have that much faith in the Mavs uh, management to maybe build around them like that. I think that they're going to... Okay. I think that they're maybe not going to build as much as fans may want. However, I do see it as a huge positive that Kyrie is having positive reactions in an interview. And he's smiling. And he's talking about how he needs to adjust. Because that's what he should be doing. This is not about Philly sports. This is just... This is just NBA talk. Uh, I guess if we're just not talking about Philly sports right now, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes is insane. I don't know how he walked out of that locker room. I don't know how he was standing on that foot at all. I don't know if he was on, like, painkillers or whatever he was doing, but God... How do you how do you do that? How do you get so hurt in the game and then come out halftime running around? You know he's insane. I will give him all his flowers. I will respect that man no matter what. He has been nothing but respectful. He gave Jalen Hurts his flowers, which is it's amazing. I mean, uh Super Bowl fifty two, Tom Brady didn't shake Nick Foles is in, and you know, I will always laugh at that, but I think we had two very respectful quarterbacks in that game, um, who could obviously tell that, uh, they were both very, very good at what they do, I mean, you can't really deny Pat Mahomes, you can hate him all you want, but you can't deny him, um, yeah, he, he had a lot of nice things to say at the end of that game, uh, putting it lightly, and putting it very lightly, and I will always respect him. He's extremely talented. like uh, Possibly even gold level. I don't know. I don't know that much about the NFL. But, you know. It is what it is. You lose games. You lose Super Bowls. Even if it is a win, as they said. Uh, media Day. That was so stupid. That Media Day was awful. Oh my god, some of those questions. Uh, Nick's is this a must win game? What what do you think he's going to say? It's the Super Bowl. It's the game. It's the game you try, you're trying to get up to to win. No, I don't think it's a must-win game. I actually think we have another shot. If we don't win, shut up. No, let's be real here. <laughs> I, uh, okay. Opinion segment, I guess. My unpopular takes time. Nikola Jokic should not win his third MVP, even though this is arguably his most deserving year, just because he got it so many years in a row that he maybe didn't deserve it as much as other people. It is not his time to shine anymore. It is not. We saw him average a triple-double. You know who else we saw average a triple-double? Russell Westbrook. Is that the best season of all time? No! So let's be real. Let's... Let's be real, and let's think, and maybe say, the media just talks about him a little too much. I respect him. He's a great player. He's extremely talented. But a 3P for MVP? Let's let's be real. No. That's just not... <sighs> it's just frustrating. Anyway... Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm losing my voice. This is not what I usually sound like. And I usually am not this raspy. And I usually know what I'm talking about. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope to see you guys in episode two. I hope this wasn't that boring. Uh, Bye, guys.